Good morning, and welcome to another mini Monday episode of Crime Over Coffee. We are your host. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today, I'm going to be telling you about the murder of Diana Wilmoth. So grab yourself some coffee and let's dive in. This episode today is a listener suggestion from Billy Nikki T. In 2005, Diana Wilmoth was 36 years old and was a dog groomer. She had been known, Abby, you're going to like this, to take in all the stray animals. Respect. And at the time of our story, she had more than 20 dogs in her house. Oh my goodness. Yes. She was the person that when you needed somebody to watch your dog for you while she was gone, she would take care of them. If she found an animal on the side of the road, she was going to take care of them. She just loved all animals and would just take them into her home and love them like they were her own. Diana was living in South Carolina in May of 2005. And on May 6th, she had gone to a bar called the Lucky Leprechaun. And her mom said that this was actually for a job interview. And when she left the bar, that was the last time anybody saw her. On Mother's Day, which was May 8th, 2005, Diana's mother, Gerda, tried calling Diana. But when Diana was not answering the phone, Gerda decided to get in her car and drive over to Diana's house to check on her. When she got there, she saw that the doors were unlocked, the lights were on, her cell phone was still in the home, and her truck was parked outside. Also, all of the dogs were left there without food or water. Definitely seems like something's going on. Her mom said it was very, very abnormal for Diana to ever leave the dogs without food or water, or at least asking the neighbor to check in on them or to give them food or water if she was going to be gone for long periods of time. Gerda knew in this moment that something was definitely wrong with her daughter and called in a missing persons report. Once Gerda knew that Diana was missing, she immediately began passing out flyers and contacting the local media to get the word out. But it took five weeks after her disappearance before she even made the headlines of the local daily newspaper. It's really sad to hear that. I feel like that does happen a lot. There's so many cases that are just, there are a lot of cases that are just really underreported. And it's just so sad to hear that because I feel like it could be very detrimental to the case. I agree. I mean, her mom did everything that she could to try to get it out there. And there was still all of these barriers that prevented it from actually getting out to the local public. Almost exactly two months later, on July 7th, 2005, Diana's body was found in a wooded area of Gaston, South Carolina. She had been shot and beaten. She actually had to be identified through her dental records because her body had been in nature for so long that it kind of started to take its course. There was a lot of decomposition. She was very hard to recognize. Her body was actually discovered by four young boys who were playing paintball out in the woods and they stumbled across her body and then reported it immediately. Is it just me? Or is every third case we have, the bodies are discovered by young boys playing? I, I think it's insane, but it does happen so often. It really does. I think it's probably just because they're going out to the areas that most people don't frequent. The adults aren't going out there. It's, you know, kind of the kid's safe haven almost. Now, did they have any suspects? They had one suspect at the time of her killing. It was a sex offender who had shed his ankle bracelet near her home. But that quickly was ruled out when they learned that he had been in Tennessee at the time of her death and his alibi held up. 
So after this, they didn't have any sort of suspect. And there was nobody in her life that seemed a little bit fishy? From what it looks like, no. I can't find anything. And the listener that suggested this case actually said that this case was very near and dear to her heart. And this is a case that's not highly covered. And I actually looked and I could not find a podcast episode that even covered this case. It's one that's just kind of happened and not a lot of attention has been brought to it since. Yeah, it already sounds like there's not a lot of information on it. No, I don't have much. I've pretty much told you the majority of what I have. Sergeant Roy Mefford said that they have gotten sporadic leads over the years, but they've definitely slowed down. And he said that they've looked at some different people, but they've never had enough evidence or anything to even build a case. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. What investigators know and say is that she was definitely abducted from her home and that they're close to catching the killer. They just need evidence to prove it. But they never told the media anything about who it is. The family might have a better idea, but I couldn't find anything about who the potential suspect is so then the theory would be that she left her job interview made it home and then was abducted from there likely by someone who had access to her home though yes or she just didn't lock her doors when she was home i don't know what kind of area she lived in necessarily if it was a safe place where she felt comfortable leaving her doors unlocked when she was home during the day she also i don't know for sure what day she was taken she was last seen on the 6th and it was the 8th when her mom went and saw her so it could have been anywhere between that time period i would assume closer to the beginning so the 6th or morning of the 7th is probably when she was abducted right it seems like to me it was either somebody who had been watching her or maybe somebody followed her from her job interview. It's, it's very unlikely to me that it's someone she didn't know. Because if you have that many dogs, they're not going to just react normally to someone coming in and like abducting. Yeah, absolutely. You would think the neighbors would have heard something. Or someone wouldn't be so bold as to go into a home with that many animals and hope that they're not going to attack them. I think it points to someone who possibly knew her and had been to the house before at least that's how I see it the only other thing and I don't know I didn't it didn't say whether or not the dogs were possibly in kennels when she was abducted or I guess when her mom found her if the dogs were still in kennels then it could have been she had been gone and locked the dogs in the kennels and then had just got home or maybe there was a dog room that she had closed and they were all in a room and the person that abducted her didn't know about the dogs There's a lot of possibilities, but I agree it's very brave to go into a home with 20 plus dogs and just kind of risk it. Yeah, typically if you would hear a dog barking and even ones that aren't actually per se violent, they all bark. That's just what dogs do. I mean, I can imagine she at least had one or two big dogs in all of them. Oh, probably. And especially if they were like stray dogs, there's likely some pit bulls in the mix. 
So I just, it would be very bold to just go in unless I guess I didn't even think about having them in kennels, but that would also point to someone knowing that they were in kennels because you can hear them if they start barking. Along with what they kind of know, don't know, what they haven't released to public, it has not been announced at all if any DNA was ever found in the house. So it's extremely possible that maybe a friend picked her up or came by to see her and nothing actually happened in the house and it just happened outside of the house. Maybe she left her door unlocked on accident and left. I don't know. Like I said, this case is not highly covered. It's it's a pretty unknown case, but Diana's mother, Gerda, is constantly searching for answers. She drives her truck around with flyers of her daughter's photo and information about the case on all of the windows in the truck. Like It's all over. She keeps a stack of flyers with her at all times to hand out to anybody that wants to know about the case. She constantly contacts local media outlets and every year on the anniversary of her daughter's disappearance, she reaches out to the media again and says, hey, please cover this. Bring attention to this. This is my daughter. She's missing. We don't know anything. She also has a photo album with pictures of all of her children, including Diana. And she has a red canvas bag that she refers to as Diana's bag. And it contains the photo album, pictures, newspaper articles, posters, and maps that she's collected during the investigation. And one thing that Gerda did bring to attention, which is kind of where my thought goes more with the suspect... And it's not even really one suspect. But Diana was known to take in strangers who needed help. Gerda said that she would help people in exchange for them offering to help take care of the dogs that were in the house. And she'd give them a bed to spend the night in, give them some breakfast and food, maybe a ride to somewhere if they needed it. She had a very open home policy for pets and humans. It sounds like she had a really good heart and she just was trying to do what she could to give to other people. It is a very sad situation. And yeah, and like I said, that's kind of where my head leans is more that it was just some stranger that she was trying to do a good deed for and they took advantage. They of took her. advantage of it. Diana's mother, Gerda, says, quote, there's absolutely nothing I can do except spread the word that the killer's still out there. I grew up with the idea that the day you were born and the day you die is set by God. She has no more pain. She has no more worries. She doesn't have to worry about paying the bills, but we still have a job to do, end quote. If you have any information about the disappearance of Diana or would not mind sharing this case, that would be great. But if you have information or any leads on Diana's murder, you can call Crime Stoppers at 1-888-274-6372. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, 
and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.